The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I learned from God's Word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Man, uh, um, you know, God will get you ahead of the curve. Amen. God will take care of you. Uh, he will give you uh, everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. Uh, but, but, you know, the, what I was saying, I was sharing with uh, uh, Pastor Henry and Marshall, and I say, don't lose sight of what's important in these last days. You know, we always huddle up at the office, and I always give them little nuggets to keep them uh, 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 in front of them, and I said, you know, don't don't forget what's uh, important in these last days. These are the last of the last days. I, I was saying to them, you know, materialism is going to become rife, especially in the body of Christ, and if you're not careful, you could start to value material things, and this is why God asked us to take a portion of what we have and give it to him. It is so we can cure that materialism. This is what I say to them. I said, right now, it was about five of us sitting, and I said to them, right now, if your desire is to have more cars uh, and uh, you don't understand how things work, all you have to do is to wait for the four of us to get raptured and you will have, you will have five cars in an instant. And uh, once you get those five cars, you will realize immediately that what you need in life is not five cars. You need to have gone where those people, I was, you know, I, I need to have gone wherever they went. Amen? Amen? So if you're caught up in houses, just stay behind. You can have my house. <laughs> you can have a bunch of us. We're going to leave our stuff here, right? And so the thing is, as God blesses us, you know, don't forget the big thing is eternal life. Jesus told us, he said, man, the value of life is measured by eternal life. And so I know some of you may be discouraged because things may not look like, you know, the way that you believe they should. Man, this, you got eternal life. That's what's valuable. Can I get an amen? And so some quick dates. Uh, on the 14th, that's next Saturday, we're going to be in uh, Durban. So if you have any family and friends in Durban at Caris Bible College in Durban, we're going to be doing what they call Caris Day. I think this is where they exhibit the school and stuff. And so we're going to be preaching there, uh, I think about two sessions. So we're going to be out there with them uh, the whole day. And also on the 28th of October, right here in Joburg, we're going to be preaching at the school for Caris Day as well. And so if you have any family, friends that wouldn't come to a church, send them to a college and we'll catch them there. Amen. <laughs> and also on the 29th of October, Carly uh, and Ashley Terrades are going to be right here. And so invite family and friends. It is going to be fun. Amen. And so we've been on this journey, on this series, talking about... Wait, you started my time. I hadn't even started preaching. Someone started my time. Please, can you fix that? Man, they're going to start beeping before. I hadn't even started preaching, man. Listen, they, they're stealing my time, these guys. They always do that. Amen. I'm, you know, we need to pray for them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, ready? Preach. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. And uh, this is for a time that we live, right? We established building up to today that God is good. And how many times is he good? All the time. And we established that God is not the source of all evil. God is the source of good. Amen? And only good things proceed uh, out of God. Amen? When bad things happen, we know that they're coming uh, from the devil, and so God wants us to overcome. We, we discovered Jesus when he walked on the earth as a perfect or an exact representation of the Father 
Uh, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the who? Of the devil. So we know that sickness and you know, things of that nature are an oppression from the devil. And so it says in 1 John 5, 4, in the NLT, it says for... Uh, every child of God defeats this evil world. And it's not just for the apostles or for the bishops, for every child of God to live in victory. Amen. Every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Now, you know, your faith, uh, uh, for it to work, we know that Galatians 5, 6 tells us faith works by love. It says neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but faith which works by love. Amen? And so the fuel for your faith is love. What kind of love? Knowing that you are loved. I used to think when I was younger in the Lord that, you know, the fuel of my faith is to love somebody. There's a place for that. But in this context, it's talking about uh, the love of God coming towards us. If you're going to function in victory uh, and in faith, you have to know this, that God loves me. Watch this now. Unconditionally. Amen. God doesn't wait for you to get your act together before he loves you. He loves you because God is love. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes when I'm dealing with uh, uh, people's children, not my children, people's children, and they make a poo. You know, they make a poo and they want to pass them to me. Pass, Ooh, ah, conditional love. That's conditional love. Because I'm waiting for you to change the diaper first. Then I get, oh, yeah, yeah. Amen. But with God, God doesn't wait for you to get a clean diaper before he loves you. Can I get an amen? amen. God loves you because he is love. Amen. amen. And so when you establish that in your heart, uh, your faith will begin to work. It becomes the fuel for your faith. First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. Once you know you're loved, there's not going to be any fear. But perfect love casts out fear because fear is torment. He that fears is not made perfect or mature in love. And so when we know we are loved, and when we know these things, man, we position ourselves uh, for spiritual maturity. Amen? Life will bring things to us, circumstances, situations. Our job as God's children is to uh, uh, bring the circumstances to the level of God's word and not the, the opposite. You know, a lot of people, when they go through stuff, they, they tend to genetically modify their own Bible and they bring it to their level so that they can fit it into their circumstances. Amen? Amen. Anybody ever heard someone say, uh, blessed are the poor? Anybody ever heard that? In Zulu, they would say, babu sisi we abampo. Was that good? That was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Amen? They, 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 they live out the spirit part. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, those who realize without Jesus I'm bankrupt. So if you're poor in the spirit, it says you shall be blessed and you inherit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen? And so we shouldn't genetically modify the Bible when you, we're going through challenges and struggle. What we must do is upgrade our circumstances to the level of God's word. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? And so uh, life is going to throw things at you. There are three ways that storms uh, come into your life. And uh, the, the, the one way we know for sure is that storms don't come from God. Amen? So I'm going to give you three ways that are not God. The first uh, the first one, the first reason why storms uh, come uh, from into our lives is uh, through our own making. I call them storms of our own making. Sometimes you operate on the wrong side of spiritual laws, and it's like driving on the wrong side in a, in a country, right? You're going to see traffic coming, and you're going to run into it. And so we always have to cooperate, like Pastor H was saying, cooperate with the spiritual laws when we do that. We don't create any storms. Amen? The second way storms come is uh, storms uh, that are caused by others. So if you found yourself in uh, uh, Jonah's boat, uh, from the fact that Jonah was inside that boat, there would have been storms uh, that include you. You would have you know, suffered the same experience, but it's not of your own doing. It's because of Jonah. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was growing up, my mom had this one friend of mine, we were a few of us, and this one friend my mom didn't like. We called him Old Dog. I could have given you his real name, but he watches our services now, so I can't do that. 
And so my mom didn't want me to hang out with Old Dog, but Old Dog was crazy. And I liked Old Dog, because everywhere where there was drama, he was there, you know, stealing his dad's car. I was there riding with him, playing, playing music, and, you know. And uh, he, the one time, I mean, this guy was so crazy, the one time he went to Edgar's and forged his dad's signature and took some clothes. I mean, we were bawling. He gave us all clothes. <laughs> you want clothes? Get clothes. Uh, old dog was a problem. My mom didn't want me to hang out with him. And he always started something. We're talking about storms that are caused by others. And so we met these boys from another neighborhood the one time, and he started something. And these boys were bigger than us, and they whipped him. But unfortunately, they whipped all of us. <laughs> Two... And it wasn't my storm. It wasn't something that I started. It was something that he started, but all of us got it. Amen? This is why the Bible says bad company corrupts what? Good manners. So you always have to choose your, your, your company well. You understand? And, 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 and <laughs> I didn't know this. You get married. You still want to hang out with your single friends. Your wife tells you, yeah, leave them, leave them folks alone. And you say, man, I do Come on, man, leave me alone. Leave them folks alone. And you go watch soccer with them. I used to go like watching soccer in the 7 p.m. I know I should be going home, but my single friends, they've got nowhere to go. Hey, come on, man, let's watch, come on, let's watch another game. Let's watch another game. And I get home and I get some Ignora therapy <laughs> for about two weeks. Ignora therapy, for those of you who are single, is when you're ignored by your wife for about two weeks. She's just not talking to you, man. It's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. That's why when we do boot camp, Lovers Boot Camp is starting on Wednesday, we, we don't ask single people to come and teach couples. But they don't know these things. They don't know how to be ignored for, for, for two days in a row. Can all the couples say amen? Yeah. And, and you, know, you, know, you know, I can't, I, I should be saying sorry, but I can't, you know. I'm, I'm the man of the house. If I say sorry, I just lost. So let me fight two more days. Man, and so we get couples to come and teach us because they know what it is, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like you're in bed. There's OT oversharing. It's, oh, you're in bed. You, you touch your legs. Like, oh. <laughs> Don't touch me. We ain't talking. <laughs> you're in the kitchen. You're trying to get food. It's like, man. It's like, man, do I have leprosy or something? You know? Man, I'm like, yo. Today she's not talking, not because, you know, uh, she's mad at me. She just had her wisdom tooth pulled out. So I thought I could preach this without her saying something. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, and so, man. Oh, you sent it on WhatsApp. She sent it on WhatsApp. <laughs> And so, storms caused by our own making, storms caused by others. And the last one is, there are storms that will come your way just because you are doing God's will. Whenever you find yourself at the center of God's will, the devil is going to come against you and he's going to try to fight you. Amen? And uh, so we must know that all these things are influenced by the devil. Amen? And so one of the stories that confuse people when it comes to uh, establishing in their hearts that uh, God is good and that he's good all the time is the story of uh, Brother Job, right? Brother Job's story confuses a lot of people. And so today we're going to look at it and see what was happening and uh, establish some things. So let's go to Job chapter number 1 from verse 6. Let's go to Job chapter number 1 from uh, verse number 6. Job chapter number 1 from verse number 6. It says this in Job 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. Sons of God, talking about the angels, right? Came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also amongst them. And the Lord said unto Satan, uh, Where comest thou? Where are you coming from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is no one like him? Now I want you to see uh, God's uh, uh, description and opinion of Job. He says about Job, this is God speaking. He says about Job that there is, man, I would love for my friends uh, to talk about me this way. There is no one like him. In the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and escheweth or shuns evil. Man, if your friends talk about you this way, man, you know, you know you've arrived, amen? And God Almighty, I'm talking about your friends, now this is God Almighty, and this is how he refers to Job. God was in love with Job. 
Amen. But what seems to throw people off is right there in verse number six, right? I've met people that say, you know, go through, going through stuff, going through some sort of ailment, sickness, or, or some sort of challenge in life, which we will all go through. But we go through. Can I get an amen? And so you are not isolated. Jesus said, you must remember, all of us are going through, but he overcame, and because of that, we can be of good cheer. Can I get an amen? So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Guess what? We are going through amen and so but what seems to throw people off is the beginning of this it says in verse 6 uh, now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before god and satan came also amongst them then the lord said to satan where are you coming from and we know satan goes aimlessly right he said going to and fro we know first peter 5 tells us he's looking for someone to devour he's looking for someone uh to take out right and uh, this is Satan going before God, right? And it says here, have you considered my servant Job? A lot of people get thrown off by that statement. But all God is saying to, to, to uh, Satan is, I know you're going to uh, uh, cross hairs with Job. And I know what you're trying to do because we already know his intention is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what the Lord did was to just bring out what the enemy was going to do out in the open. Amen? This is why if you read in the Young's literal translation of this Bible verse, it says, Have you set your heart against my servant Job? In other words, devil, I know exactly what you're trying to do in Job's life. That's all God said. And then uh, Satan answered in uh, verse 9, he said, uh, Does Job fear God for nothing? And then he begins to accuse God for being a good God. He says, have you not made a hedge around him, a hedge of protection, around his house, around all that he has on every side? Have you not blessed the work of his hands and his substance is greatly increased in the land? And guess what? God is guilty as charged. God is the one who had put a hedge of protection around Job and everything that he had. God is the one who had blessed Job's uh, hands, the work of his hands, so that his substance is greatly increased. God was guilty as charged for being a good God. Amen. Now here's the good news. Is that you and I belong to a better covenant established on better promises. And not only that... Our God is not a respecter of persons. Now, if God did this for Job, guess who else he has a hedge of protection around? Guess whose work of his hands he is blessing? Guess whose great substance is going to greatly increase in this land? Someone shout, I have a hedge of protection around me, around my family, around my children. The works of my hands are blessed and my substance shall greatly increase in this land. And so God was guilty as charged for being a good God. And so the devil was trying now in verse 11 to tempt him to act out of character. He says, but put forth thine hand and touch all he has or steal or, or, or kill or destroy everything that he has and he will curse you to your face. God is not the one that does the stealing, killing and destroying. He's the one that gives the good gifts. And so God turns around uh, in verse 12 and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold. Someone say behold. behold. <laughs> that's, that's an English word, an old English word that just simply means look, open your eyes. And what should Satan behold? He says, behold, all that he has is in your power. In other words, if you would open your eyes or care to look, you would see that uh, all that he has is subject to your influence. Just like right now in the earth, everything that you have, your thoughts, your, your life, your, your, your things, that you have, they're subject to the enemy's influence. That's why you must not give him a foothold in your life and in your thinking. Amen. And the reason God is saying behold is because, you know, a lot of people give Satan uh, uh, more credit than he deserves. Yeah. A lot of people think, you know, Satan is sneaky and he's clever and he understands spiritual things. Let me tell you, Satan is a dumb spirit. He does not understand spiritual things. He didn't even know what he had at the time. God said to him, oh, that he is subject to your influence. 
Actually, the Bible tells us that if he had wisdom, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know why? Because by killing Jesus, he created three billion other little Jesuses walking around the earth. And so Satan is a damn spirit and, you know, the Lord is just saying to him, you know, all that he has is in your power. Do not just put your hand upon his life. And so we know that Satan went into Job's life, started taking away his uh, cattle, his uh, flocks, his donkeys, and things of that nature. And then he uh, uh, started to kill Job's children. I mean, it was pandemonium, right? It was crazy what was happening in Job's life, just madness everywhere. And Job, you know, tried to make sense of what was going on. And this is where a lot of people get thrown off because... You know, Job is now trying to make sense of the craziness that's going on uh, in his life. By the way, as a new covenant believer, no one can ever have a job experience. How so? Because instead of having the enemy accuse us in the presence of God, the Bible tells us in, Ro in Revelation chapter number 12 that he was cast down to the earth and there was no place in heaven found for the enemy any longer. But from the presence of God, defeated by Jesus, now what you have is Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession on our behalf. And so no new covenant believer can have a certifiable job experience because who's accusing you? To God. Nobody. That's why the Bible says, if our own hearts don't condemn us, then we will have boldness with God. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so Job is trying to make sense of uh, everything that's happening, you know. And so we want to we wanna just look at uh, what Job thought was happening. And uh, we're going to look at what... Uh, uh, was really happening uh, so that we can all be established in this truth that God is good and that is good all the time. Amen. And so we want to find out who's in Job's corner, who's stealing, killing and destroying and so on and so forth and then we will uh, make a conclusion. And so quickly let's go to Job chapter number 10 verse 15 in the King James. Job chapter number 10 uh, verse 15. You can look up. I want you to see it, right? Uh, as I read, this is Job trying to make sense of everything that's happening. But he says this as a part of the things that the many things that he said. Job said, if I be wicked, woe unto me. And if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. Now, I want, you, I want us to read the next uh, five words together. Ready? Read. I am full of confusion. This is Job speaking uh, with his own mouth. He says, man, I'm full of confusion, therefore see down my affliction. And so one of the things Job said, as we read his worldview, he says he himself. It's, it's not a commentary from somebody else. It's Job speaking about how he feels emotionally and uh, how he feels mentally. He says, right now I'm full of confusion. Question. If, if, if this was 1992, you know, I told my kids, I said... I said, we didn't have computers back then. We didn't have the internet. And she said, so how did you find information? I said, books. Encyclopedia. Man, you had to read that whole thing. What was the other one? The, 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 the Britannica, right? Which, which, the other one, they had volume one, volume two. You had to go find information in there. And some of this was outdated. Because if someone broke the record today, it would have to wait six months for them to update. But anyway... It was tough. It says, she asked me, she said, so how did you go on dates? I said, man, we'd have to phone on the letter. I said, I said, first of all, we'd have to send a letter. That's what I said, that we send a letter. You send a letter to, to, to your girlfriend in, in, uh, in high school. You wrote that letter. Send, and then you'd spray all your perfume on it. And then, uh, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Spray all your perfume on that letter. And then all the letters would be smashed. I mean, there is no letter in there anymore. But you man, just wait, and then send it, and then write, wrote the letter, and then P.S. Dedication, dedication, <laughs> dedication at the bottom. Dedication. This one guy in my class he was breaking up with his girlfriend, and he said, you know, Brian Adams, dedication, Brian Adams. Thought I loved you, but I lied. <laughs> and then it turns out it meant the opposite. I lied because I love you more. That's a, you know. <laughs> but anyway, 
1993. So question, let's say it's 1993. Come on, come on, come on, come with me. And I'm trying to drive from here to, to Cape Town or to Polokwane or wherever, right? And uh, it's 1993. So there are no cell phones. You can't punch in. Some of you is going to be hard to relate, but stay with me. And uh, I go to the garage, to the service station, and I ask, hey, would, would you know the directions to Cape Town? And I meet a very intelligent man there, and he takes out a, a piece of paper and he starts to write the, the directions. This is what you do. You're going to get off N3. You're going to get to N12. You're going to get to this city, Porchestrom. You're going to get to Steelfontaine. And when you see a house, a blue house on the right, turn, and you're going to, and he gives me a full-on description of how to get from here to Cape Town. But as he pass me, passes me the description, he just happens to say, like, Brother Job, oh, just to let you know, on a side note, it's not important, but right now, I am a man full of confusion. <laughs> How many of you would still use the directions? And so I say this to say, as we read the book of Job, we need to understand that Job just told us he's a man full of what? And so we've got to read it with caution. Now, here's the truth about if someone is full of confusion. is that sometimes you hit the bullseye by mistake. You know, one of my friends in New Jersey took me uh, uh, to shoot guns in, in the New York borough there. They have guns everywhere there. So it took me to shoot guns. And, and I, I mean, where I come from, we don't have guns. I think it took me 25 years to see a gun, you know. We don't, our policemen don't even have guns. They walk around with a... It's a powerful stick, though. Don't, don't, don't mess with them. All they do is point at you. And you'll see yourself just, yeah, you know. So Paul, don't mess with them, right? So I don't know guns. So he put a gun in my hand and we are shooting. I'm spraying bullets. And, and one of them hit the bullseye. One of them hit the bullseye. And uh, uh, similarly with Job, when, when he says I'm full of confusion, it doesn't mean everything he says is crazy. I mean, he's the same man who said, uh, for this I know my Redeemer lives. And guess what? He was right. But some of the things he says in there, we're just spraying bullets. And so we're going to see what his worldview was. What did he think he was going through? Let's go to Job chapter number 10, verse 3. He's trying to make sense of all of this uh, that's going on in his life. And he says this in verse 3 of Job 10. He, he, he's accusing God. He says, is it good unto you that you should oppress? Now question, is God the one that's oppressing him? No, because we read Job chapter number 1. And Job didn't get the benefit of reading Job chapter number one. Yeah, amen. Uh, and some of you may say, how come? He's the one who wrote it. No, he's not. In fact, Bible scholars believe it was Moses. I personally believe, notice I didn't say as a fact, I said I believe. I believe it was uh, Elihu because if you read Job 32 uh, verse 15, he's the only person in that story of Job who writes in first person. He says this in Job uh, 32 verse 15. Uh, okay, we can start from verse 16. When I had waited, he says, I had waited, for they spake not, but stood still and answered no more. Verse, seven, verse 17. I said, only Elihu, when he's writing, uses first mention. He says, I say. He doesn't say Job said. He says, I said. Amen. Only this guy, he says, I will answer also my part and I will also show my opinion and so on and so forth. And so Job does not have the 30,000 foot view that you and I just had. We know what happened. We know what was said. We know who was the instigator of all these evil things. Or at least we should know. Amen? I said amen. And so Job thinks God is the one oppressing him. Back to exhibit uh, 2b. He says, is it good unto you that you should oppress, that you should despise the works of your hands? Now, question. We are back in Job chapter number 10, verse 3. Now, question. Was God despising the works of his hands in Job? No. We just read God's opinion of Job. What did he say? He says, man is a perfect man who shuns evil. God was proud of Job, but because Job was going through stuff, he did not have that revelation that God loved him even though he was going through what he was going through. And so he thought everything came uh, from God. And he says this, he says, you smile upon the counsel of the wicked. And we know that's not true. The man was full of confusion. If you go to Job 13 verse 24, he says, uh, uh, Job said this, why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Now, God didn't consider Job his enemy. He considered him his friend, his servant. There was a relationship there. Can I get an amen? But from Job's perspective, why? Because he's a man full of what? 
If you go to Job 16 verse 9, uh, Job begins to accuse God. He says, he tears me in his wrath. You know, like a dog. He says, he tears me in his wrath. He who hates me, he gnashes upon me with his teeth. My enemy sharpens his eyes upon me. Come on, Job. God is not your enemy. God is in your corner, brother. Amen. Amen. Now, I might lose some of you uh, on this one. But let's go to Job 121. Job 121. And this is what Job said. And, and, and he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Was the Lord the one who took away? No. From, from Job's perspective, he says, The Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away, and he just kind of sprinkles some religion all over it to try and make it palatable. And, you know, believers do that sometimes. They just do some, say, say something crazy, but take a, uh, 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 you know, like you put uh, pepper on your food. They take a little bottle of religion and just kind of sprinkle, sprinkle. he's doing that. He says, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job, that doesn't make what you said right. Job 121 should have read, I, naked I came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. The Lord is still giving. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. But the brother be full of what? And so he thinks God is the one taking away stuff out of his life. He thinks God is the one, you know, killing. God is not in the killing business. Can I get an amen? amen. God is in the giving business. Now this will establish your heart. Let's go to Job 13 verse 15. Job chapter number 13, uh, verse 15. Is this helping you? Yeah. Now, this is Job talking about God. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Now, this is bad. It sounds like an abusive relationship. <laughs> Did y'all see that? Yeah. Say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No, if you slay me, I'm going to leave you. Can I get an amen? amen? But it sounds religious, right? Though he's, in fact, I've heard a preacher, big preacher, preaches. Oh, you slay me. Yeah, well, I trust him. Somebody say yeah. I don't know. I ain't saying yeah. <laughs> My father is not slaying anyone. Can I get an amen? amen? But guess what? Job is full of what? Confusion. And so God shows up. After God, Job had said all of this and many other things we can't read for the sake of time. But God shows up and he makes a commentary on what Job had said. And this is what he said in Job chapter number 38 from 1 to 2. Let's read it first in the Amplified, if you will. Job 38, 1 to 2. And then we'll read it in the CEV, right? Job, uh, then, ha, look up, look, look, look and see this. God could have snuck up in, in, in Job's dream. And tell him what he wanted. He could have done it like he did in the New Testament with Peter. You know, in a vision and in a dream. He could have done like what he did in, with Elijah. A small, still voice in his heart. But not this one. He didn't want him to miss it. God started a whirlwind first. Yeah, now we have your attention. Now let's talk. Because God is bringing serious business. He says, then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said... Let's hear what the Lord said. Next verse. Verse number two. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And that's too deep for me. I'm from the street. I want you know, easier English to understand. So let's read it in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. This is for the streets. This is for the uneducated like myself. This is what God said. Uh, uh, 38, 38, you're still back there. Go back to 38. You are now in 42, right? Go back to 38. Who's up there? 38, 38 verse 2. This is what it says. This is what uh, 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 God said to, to Job. He said, why do you talk so much when you know so little? And so ultimately when God shows up, after all Job had said, uh, God considered it a lot of talk but very little knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. He says, why do you talk so much? Why do you talk so much when you know so little? Yeah. 
He gave, you take away. Though he slay me, he said, ah, you're talking too much, you know, little. <laughs> now, that's God's view of everything Job said. Now, I mean, that, that's, I'm not picking on Job. I mean, I'm probably going to meet him in heaven and I have to be kind to him and love on him and so on and so on. <laughs> but here's what I, who I would pick on. You read that. You still go into Job's words and everything Job said and still try to find a doctrine out of that. That doesn't make any sense. Can I get an amen? amen. And I like God because then God took Job on a science lesson. Now watch what happened in the next verse. Uh, 38 verse 3. We can, we can read it in uh, NLT or whichever one you, you... Okay, yeah, we can read it in, in uh, Amplified, Classic. And so God said to, to Job, after he says, why do you talk so much when you know so little? He said, now, gird up your loins like a man, and I'll demand of you, and you declare to me. In other words, God is saying, uh, uh, Job, now, now let's, let's talk man to man, since you know a lot. To get up your loins, back in the days, men used to wear dresses, right? To get up your loins means to grab the dress from the back hem and then lift it up so you can turn it into a, 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 a pants or trousers. Basically, it's a posture of fighting. So God is squaring up with Job. He says, okay, now let's talk. It's serious business. Get up your loins. You don't see it everywhere in Scripture. You only see it when it's serious business. God is saying, get up your loins, brother. Let's talk. Why? Verse 4. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare to me. And, and if you're on the projector, please can you go find CEV, uh, Job 42, CEV, the whole chapter. We're going we're gonna to figure it out there. But just find the whole chapter and then we will figure it out. He says, declare to me if you have, uh, 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 if you have and no understanding. Next verse. Who determined the measures of the earth? Since you know, if you know. Or who stretched the measuring line upon it? You know, you talk to me, you know. God, yeah. <laughs> Amen? And he says this, verse 7. Upon, uh, verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. Upon what were the foundations of his fastened? Who laid the cornerstone? Verse 7, we're going we're gonna to stop here. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, verse 8. Or shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth and issued out of the wombs. And so God is pointing him to creation. He's saying, Job, brother, even if you look at creation, the conclusion you come up with is God is good. Because if you look at the ocean, I mean, who told it where to stop? I mean, human beings, if you go to Cape Town or Durban, you'll see we will build uh, houses right on the coast, right on the beach. And we, we will know for sure that the water will not cross that line to come and destroy this house. Who told it, and when it comes as a wave, who told it to stop right there? And so God is talking to him. He's saying to him, if you would care to pay attention, you would know this, that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Amen. Amen. I said, Amen. And so Job, you know, responds to God. And I like Job because he's, he's humble. And so he responds to God in uh, Job 42, verse 3. Uh, let's read it in the, in the CEV, if you will. Job 42, uh, verse number uh, 3. Verse number 3. Let's read it in the CEV. Thank you, Jesus. Job 42. Uh, <laughs> Job said, Job 42, okay, let's start in verse 3. He says, you asked why I talk so much when I know so little. And then he put his hand up. He says, I've talked about things that are far beyond my understanding. So the brother just told you when he said he gives and takes away, it was far beyond his understanding. You still insist on trying to make a doctrine out of it. The brother is good. We may need to check you out. Can I get an amen? amen? What else does it say? Next verse. Can we go to the next, to the next part? Uh, are we on the same? Same? Oh, this is good. Ha, watch what he says. 
He says, I have talked about things that are far beyond my own eyes. Now watch what he says after this. It gets sweeter. It's, it's, it's about to get sweet. I'm telling you the truth. Ooh, it's about to get sweeter. He says in verse 4, you told me to listen and answer your questions. Verse 5, he says, I heard about you from others. So it was borrowed revelation. Via, via, I heard, yeah, that one. You know, that's, this is why, man, people come to me all the time with, do you know prophet such and such? This one lady, she would always come to church every morning. Every Sunday morning, come talk to me. Say, Pastor, do you know evangelists such and such? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know them. Says, Oh, they are so powerful. They are so. Powerful. And then the following week, do you know prophets such and such? Oh no, I don't know. Oh, they are so powerful. They are so. And then following week, do you know apostles such and such? I said, No, I don't know. Say, Ah, oh, they are so powerful. I got tired now. You know, you, you, you takes me. It takes me about three weeks to tick me off. It takes me you know, long suffering. On the third week, she came and she said, Ah, oh, do you know? Bro? I said, I don't know them, but I know Jesus the Christ personally. And so the brother says, I heard about you from Pastor T. No, no, no. It should be, I know you from personal experience. This is why you put a spirit of adoption on inside of every one of us so we can have, watch this, a personal revelation and relationship with our Father. You shouldn't know God via, 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 via. If I, I know God from someone, there's a sister from church who then said, you know, if you, ah, where did you get that? You must go straight into the boldness of, of, of uh, into the throne room of grace boldly to obtain help in times of need. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. And so he said, man, I heard, I heard about you from others. You have a personal relationship with the Lord. He, he heard about uh, that from others. And uh, the Lord, you know, after he prayed for his friends and so on and so forth, in Job chapter number 10, he says, yeah, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made Job twice as rich as he had been before. The Lord, uh, uh, the who? He says, the Lord, not, 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 you see, God is the one that brings restoration. He's not the one that takes away. Is the one that brings restoration. The Lord restored Job and he had twice than he had before. Then Job, God, Job gave a feast for his brothers and sisters and for his old friends. They expressed their sorrow for the suffering uh, uh, the Lord had brought on him. See, he's making a commentary. He's thinking it's the Lord who brought it to him. God tried to show him it's not the Lord that brought this suffering. They each gave Job some silver and gold ring. The Lord now blessed Job more than ever. He gave him 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 pair of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. You can translate that to whatever you fancy. Restoration. When restoration comes, man, it's always more than... What, I could read it. If I was me, I could read it. 4,000 Air Jordans. That's good, right? <laughs> That's what I like. You know, 6,000, you know, whatever. God restores a lot of things. Cars, transport, everything is in there. In addition to seven sons, Job had three daughters whose names were uh, Jemima. I, I didn't know this was a Bible name. I met someone called Jemima. I thought it was crazy. I said, what? Jemima? Oh, wow. Man, I should read the Bible more. <laughs> he said whose names were Jemima. Please don't name your children these. Kezia and Kerech Hapuch. They were the most beautiful women in the part of the world. And Job gave them shares of his property along with his brothers. Watch this. Verse 16. Job lived for another 140 years. Long enough to see his great-grandchildren have children of their own. And when he died, he was very old. And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? See, when God restores, he restores more than you ever, you can ever ask, think, or imagine. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. 
But the first thing we all need to do is to realize God is not the source of all our misfortunes. Remember, we said there are three sources of storms. Us, the Jonas, and the enemy. And so you always got to check, is this me? Is this me? I'm creating this storm for myself. Is this people around me that are creating this storm uh, for me? Do I need to change my company? Is it, is it uh, the enemy? And if it is the enemy, you stand your ground, rebuke the devil, resist him, and he will flee from you. Amen? I said amen. amen. You know, when sickness and, and, and things of that nature come to you, uh, sometimes the goal that the enemy brings uh, with, with the sickness is to get you tired. He's trying to get you tired. And when you get tired, you just accept. You say, man, this lower back pain, that's it. I'm going to live uh, uh, for the rest of my days with it. And he, he's trying to get you tired with symptoms. But we, you, we need to learn how to, to fight back. Amen. And I keep saying it's the enemy that brings all these things because really it is the enemy. Amen. If it was God, you know, the job said, though you slay me. <laughs> if it was God trying to say, slay you, it would be quick. Have you ever thought about it? If God wanted to take you out, there will be no small back pain over two weeks. No, no, no. If you read in the Old Testament, you once sent one angel, and one angel, one swing, killed 170,000 soldiers. If God wanted you out, you don't even take a, a second. Just blink, you'll be out. It doesn't take long. I mean, God is all-powerful. Amen? It's not God. It's the enemy. And you need to stand your ground and fight back. And about two weeks ago, uh, I had one guy come talk to me in the front and she's telling me about his fiance. She was going in for an op the next day. And uh, man, I just got this uh, righteous indignation, just anger, you know, against this sickness that, you know, the enemy is, is just, you know, he overplays his hand, right? And I said to him, I said, go and call her. You know, I'd like for my wife to pray for her. And uh, so he went and called her. And, um, uh, you know, I said to my wife, you got to rebuke this thing, this, this fibroids things, and they're going to cut her up the next day. Just slit her open and take them out. And so my wife laid her hands on her and, and talked to the sickness, you know, talk to the sickness. And you talk to the sickness like you talk to a snake. You know, if a snake came into your neighborhood today, at least my neighborhood where I grew up, if a snake came in, Nobody's calling no repatriation national national people to come and no 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 if it came to my neighborhood I don't know your neighborhood but I mean they would, they would stone it and then they would burn it to make sure that if it had kids inside it push and that's how you treat sickness you know last last week I said to people. Uh, uh, pray for the sick. I said, turn around, pray for the sick. We're going to pray for the sick uh, in, a, in a few minutes. But last week I said, pray for the sick. And I felt it in my spirit that, you know, the people were praying it wrong. Because when you pray for the sick, most people are talking to God about the sick person. God has already put the authority in you. You talk to the, sick per to the sickness and the disease and you tell it to go. Amen. A lot of people, you go and ask them for prayer they put their hand on you father you know sister sister jane you know she loves you lord you know god already knows that come on let's <laughs> and the sickness is saying yeah yeah keep praying those prayers yeah god you know even last week we went for a conference ah god you know we love you ah, god that's not gonna do anything you gotta talk to the sickness can i get an amen, amen. so my wife put a hand on it, it was short prayer you fibroids, I command you to be dissolved. Leave this body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. She looked up. Are we done? He said, yeah, we're done. Oh, that's short. <laughs> but guess what? Sometimes short is powerful. Because it takes away all your extra unbelief that you're trying to put in there. And so we didn't hear from her for about two weeks. And on Friday, I was sitting at the office. And Marshall told me, he said, do you know about this testimony? I said, what testimony? He said, this girl was supposed to be cut up the next day, but when they went and scanned, and they found nothing. The thing had dissolved. The thing was completely gone, healed. And we get testimonies like that. Every life group will tell you, man, we, people are getting prayed for, and they're getting healed. 
left, right, and center. Why? Because people know it's not coming from God. God is not the source of confusion. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. Only good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no far variableness or shadow of turning. So when bad things happen in your life, one thing we can be sure of is that it is not God. And because of that, we fight back. We resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen. And so we want to pray for you. If you're here and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. We're going to ask you to uh, raise your hand wherever you are. And uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. And if that's you and you want to receive Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are. And uh, we can help you with that. Amen. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says the angels rejoice in heaven at the repentance of one sinner. Amen. And so I'm going to pray this prayer. And I would like for you to pray this after me, brother. Say, Lord Jesus. Church, you can join in. Say, today. I confess with my mouth because I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he died for my sins and on the third day he was raised again from the dead. He is now seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father to come again to meet with the living and the dead. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so this morning, I declare the Lordship of Jesus over my life. I am born again. I am saved, sanctified, and going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.